Well, hey, what's up, Pastor Rich? Um, so let's talk about this whole idea of own the title. This past Sunday was Father's Day, and uh, we talked about three responsibilities that every father has in raising their children. Now, anytime you speak, whether it's on Father's Day or Mother's Day, um, you, you kind of have a message that's really focused on you know, just that specific person. So if it's Mother's Day, hey, these are great things about mom. These are things moms can do on Father's Day. You, you kind of do the same thing. And one of the things or one of the, the ways that I always feel on these particular Sundays is to, to honestly and accurately speak to the fathers in the room or if it's Mother's Day, the mothers in the room, but to also really bring up ideas or, or, or points that can help really serve all of us and so while this message is directed towards fathers and the responsibilities as fathers, these are really principles that anybody can take and apply uh, to areas in their life. And so with that being said, I, I want to share with you three responsibilities um, that fathers have. And I want to take you to a father in the Bible. His name is Philip. And we see Philip come on the scene um, in the book of Acts in the eighth chapter Um I'm sorry. Well, yeah, he comes on the scene and kind of does some some amazing things. We'll kind of highlight those a little bit. But if we go further in the story, um, he's in Acts chapter 8, and then all the way until Acts chapter 21, uh, we don't know what Philip's doing. We don't know um, how he's spending his time. Uh, we don't know what God's doing in his life. But when you get to chapter 21, um, you see something that gives you the answer to that. Here's what the Bible says. It says, on the next day, we left and came to Caesarea and entering the house of Philip, the evangelist, who was one of the seven, we stayed with him. Then it says this. Now, this man had four virgin daughters who were all prophets. Now, it goes without saying that if you were considered a prophet uh, in the Bible, that was a really, really big deal. You spoke on behalf of God. You heard from God. And there was a lot of respect and a lot of dignity um, given to those who were, were prophets. Well, we see that Philip has four daughters and they're all prophets. And it would lead us to believe that Philip did some things and he played his part in helping these young women come, uh, become what they were, um, what they were created to be for God's purpose for their life. Now, if you back all the way back up to Acts chapter eight, we see this idea of Philip, um, that he was uh, an evangelist. He was used by God in such a mighty way. Matter of fact, if Facebook, if Instagram, if Twitter, uh, Periscope, uh, MySpace, LinkedIn, if you could think of any of those TikTok uh, social platforms were available back in the day when Philip um, is getting ready to do what he does in Acts chapter 8, this guy completely goes viral. Everyone knows who he is. He's got millions of followers, plenty of likes. I mean, this was, this was that type of moment. So let me just highlight what's going on. Philip that the church is being persecuted. Philip goes, begins to preach the gospel, leads an all-city revival. People that are sick are getting healed. The demon-possessed are getting set free. Um, and Philip is, is being used by God in such a mighty way. And he's humble about it. He's not bragging about it. He's just being used by God. So he leads this all-city revival. And God, or the Bible says that an angel of the Lord comes to him and says, now here's what I want you to do. I want you to go a different direction. I want you to go to this city and upon going to the city, he happens to stumble upon an Ethiopian eunuch who at the time is in his chariot reading the book of Isaiah. And he's reading a specific chapter that's really talking about Jesus and the price that he would pay on the cross for all of us. So, so Philip jumps into this chariot 
this gentleman explains where he's reading and Philip in that moment leads this, this gentleman to Christ. Well, then they look up and they see that there's a, there's a body of water and the Ethiopian eunuch says, Hey, what, what do I got to do to be baptized? He says, you have to believe on the Lord. So he gets saved. They go down into the water, Philip baptizes him. And then the Bible says that as he baptizes him, when they came up out of the water, Philip was gone for God had snatched him away and transported him uh, to a different location. And when you read at the end of, of Acts chapter 8, it says that he, he ended up um, coming to the city of Caesarea, and that's it. Well, we read chapter 21 that says that he's been in Caesarea, and he's been, he's been raising four daughters who are all prophets. And it leads us to this thought, this idea of priority, that at different seasons in your life, God places priorities that have to take center stage. When it comes to being dads, uh, your, your, your devotion and your attention is number one to God, secondly to your spouse, and then thirdly, it's to your children. It's a priority that you have. I was reminded of this quote that has always stuck with me and has reminded me to make sure that, that I keep the main thing, the main thing. And here's how the quote went. It said, don't fear failure. Fear being successful at things that don't really matter. And when I think about that quote, I think about this whole idea of there's a lot of things that I could be doing with my life and with my time and with my energy and my resources and everything else like that, that in the long scale do not matter as much as my boys do, as being a dad to them, as being a husband to Vanessa, that that takes top priority. And so we have to understand that, that in this time of being dads, being moms, being family members, all this stuff, we have to keep the main thing the main thing. So I want to share with you um, three things about owning the title as a dad, owning the title as a family member that will help us. And these are responsibilities that we have to those if we're going to keep the main thing the main thing. So one of the responsibilities that a father has is that a father sets the pattern. The Bible says in Joshua 24, 15, as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. Uh, This quote that I'm getting ready to read to you is a powerful one, and it's one that helps us understand the pattern, but I want you to hear this. It says, a child is not likely to find a father in God unless he finds something of God in his father. That idea of setting the pattern for your family means that you show your children what it looks like to serve God and to put God first, what it means to, to place a priority on keeping Jesus at the center of everything that you put your heart to, your head to, and your hands to. You, you have to honor your spouse. You have to read in your Bible and you have to pray. You need to work hard. You need to serve in your church and your community. You need to create moments with your children that last you. You set the pattern. The second thing is that a father is a provider. Very scary scripture in 1 Timothy 5.8. If anyone does not provide for his family, he is denied the faith and is worse off than a God hater. As a, as, as a job of dads, we are to provide for our families, their spiritual needs, their physical needs, and even their mental needs. We've got to be providers. And then lastly, number three, a father is a protector. A protector. Now, here's the thing about, about raising kids and, and watching them grow and helping them learn is there's going to be times where you protect them and you make the call. And it could be on whatever. But then there's going to be another opportunities where you need to let them make the call for themselves so that they can learn and then you can protect them. 
So there's going to be things that I'm going to let my boys um, venture out on their own a little bit. Of course, nothing dangerous. Of course, I got to step in and protect them. But they need to learn what failure feels like. And part of the way of protecting our kids is not just always stepping in and taking over for them, but it's also letting them experience for themselves so that they can learn to lean on Jesus for themselves and then learn to lean on the wisdom of you, the dad, of of you, the parent. So a father, he sets the pattern, he's a provider, and he is a protector. I I want to leave you with this last quote, and it goes like this. Success is having those who are closest to you love and respect you the most. As dads, here's the deal. Let's own the title.